Thanks, Elliot. Good morning. My name is Abby McGlrath, as Catherine has said, and I'm part of the team here. I'm part of the production team. And um, we've just moved back from Malaysia, but we are not from Malaysia, as you can tell. Um, my accent is Northern Irish, so moved much closer to home. Today, I want to talk to you about how to pray and never give up. We're going to read from Luke chapter 18. It's a parable that Jesus told his disciples. It's going to come up on the screen and I'll read it for us. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. He said, in a certain time, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Back in 2019, I was 26 and we started trying for a baby. And I thought, that's going to be so easy. I'm going to get pregnant like that. There's going to be no problems here. And six months in, nothing had happened. And then 12 months in, nothing had happened. And then 18 months in, still nothing had happened. And my husband and I have very different approaches to life, which is like makes us a good team in the long run. But in the moment, it's not really that much fun. And Stu was like, Abby, Children are a gift from God and we just need to pray and we need to wait and we just need to live in the grey. And I was like, or we could get lots of tests done, we could get some information, you know, we could like deal with this by fixing this. And more months passed, we were praying over every cycle, every ovulation window, every pregnancy test, praying this might be the one. The NHS stat is that 95% of couples in our age bracket would conceive within two years or less. Two years came and went. And so we were entering the 5%. And we received this diagnosis called unexplained infertility, which I find so unsatisfying and really kind of annoying. Um, but when we didn't have faith, so many people prayed for us. And I find it hard because I was watching the people around us conceiving, giving birth, and I had thought of that idea way before they had even started trying for children and everyone was going ahead of us. And so we kept on this road, praying over every ovulation window, over every cycle, over every pregnancy test that this might be the one. And then about three years later, two of them in lockdown, I was getting blood tests done for something else and I found out that I was pregnant. And we had our lovely son, Arthur, just eight months ago. We believe that he's an answer to prayer. But what if 
that's not your experience? What if you are sitting in the waiting? What if you have been praying and praying and praying and you're waiting for God to take away the pain or you're waiting for Him to work with you on your grief or to heal or to restore something? Well, Jesus tells us this parable. It's about a widow and a judge and it's to encourage us to pray and never give up. So at the time in society, widows were very vulnerable um, because society was set up up in a way that men um, were necessary for income and security. And so this judge would have been given responsibility over people like the widow. So this isn't unusual that she would come to him and ask for help. Um, And she comes to him and she says, like, grant me justice, help me, protect me from those who are making my life hard. And his response is, nah, can't be bothered, kind of ignores her, puts her off until the last moment. And he eventually, after lots of time has passed, does do something, but it's not particularly out of any love for her or care for her, but really just to get her out of his face. Life's been tough for the widow. She's lost her husband. She's presumably lost her family, which is why she's got no support. And so her only option is to rely on the unjust judge for help. And in the face of this unlikeliness that he's gonna do something, she continually asks him. It says in verse three, she kept coming to him with the plea. The distinctiveness of her is that she really stuck it out. And when I picture the widow, I'm thinking of someone who's like little and gentle, like a little old lady. And, but the connotation actually of her wearing out the judge in verse five is that she's gonna give him a black eye. That's what this means. Persistence is powerful. Jesus lays out exactly what he wants us to take from this parable. And he says it in verse one, plain and simple. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So is Jesus saying that God is like a cold, compassionateless magistrate and we are little old ladies and in order to get God to answer our prayers, we have to give him a black eye? Well, the logic is this. If even this incompetent judge who disregards both God and people, if that guy will eventually respond, how much more will your Father in heaven hear and answer those who ask? Jesus is making the point here to show us what God isn't like. He says, Pray and don't give up because what you're going to find is God isn't at all like the unjust judge. Sometimes prayer is really hard though. It can be tough, it can be a little boring, it can feel like obligatory or unsatisfying. Maybe you just find it confusing. How often have I thought of God like an unjust judge where I feel like you gotta time it right, you gotta stack up all your prayers so they tip the balance over and he'll finally listen to you. Or perhaps I feel like I need to be really articulate and I need to present a compelling case so that God will answer me. Jesus tells this parable because he wants to assure us this is not the way of God. 
He gives us this encouragement because it is easy to lose heart and we do need to be motivated to keep praying. We are a church and a community that prays. And we believe that God hears us and that he answers us. And I think when we pray for ourselves and we pray for other people, there are two things required. These are the two elements we're gonna look at that will help us to pray and never give up. The first is honesty and the second is hope. First, honesty. If we are to pray and never give up, we need to be honest about who we are and what we need. Verse three says, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. The widow was specific. She asked for what she needed and she was honest about her circumstances and brought them to the judge. Tyler Stanton says, don't let your prayers be so vague that you don't even know if God has answered them. Sometimes persistence in prayer can be framed as praying for one big thing, like infertility or for healing, or maybe something massive like stopping the war in Ukraine. And we should absolutely be praying into those things. But praying and not giving up can also look like praying into your everyday ordinariness. The widow's prayers were formed from that. They were formed from her circumstances. And when our prayers are formed by our everyday, our ordinariness, our people, our events, our travel, our errands, that's what shapes us into people of persistent prayer. Verse seven says, will God, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? This parable shows us what God is not like. And in the same way, we are not an unnamed, unknown widow to God. We are his children, named and known. And so we can pray and never give up because we're not talking to some judge that we have to introduce ourselves to, but we are talking to our heavenly father. A few years ago, I went to the cinema before I had a child and I went to see Mary Poppins and me and my friend Joe, Joanne, um, went there and we booked our tickets and we knew there were going to be lots of families there so we intentionally booked them like away from everybody else and when we got to the cinema we were looking at the snack counter so we were picking what we wanted to eat during the film and we just went classic, big tub of popcorn each Um, And so we made our way into the theatre, we found our seats, um, no one was around us, and the lights went down and the trailers started. And so I'm eating away on my popcorn. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw the door open and I saw this family making their way down the aisle. And then they stopped at the end of our row. They started making their way towards us until eventually there was a little girl sat right next to me. So I kind of acknowledged her and then I went back to watching the trailers. I kid you not, we weren't two minutes in to Mary Poppins and this little girl turned to me and she said, can I have some of your popcorn? (laughs) What what do you do in that moment? My mind literally went into overdrive. I was like, okay, well, 
Like, is she, can she eat popcorn? Are the parents okay if I give her popcorn? Like, logistically, is she putting her hand in my popcorn or do I give it to her? And so I was completely like on edge the entire time. I did give her a little bit of popcorn and then I actually put the tub under my seat because I just didn't want to deal with it for the whole movie. There is an intimacy when we ask for something. We ask because we're in relationship with God. If Joe had asked me, my friend, for popcorn, or Stu asked me for popcorn, that's not surprising. Asking cultivates intimacy. And that is one of the primary reasons we are to pray and to never give up because relational intimacy is the goal of prayer. We're named and known. God is not a reluctant judge. He's your heavenly father and he's waiting to hear from you. The second reason that we can pray and never give up is hope. We pray with perspective. Hope is what keeps our prayers attached to eternity. Verse seven and eight says this. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Jesus wants to give us assurance that when you pray, God hears. And so he challenges you to persist. But sometimes having hope is really hard. When it feels like God doesn't answer prayers or when we pray and we're met with silence, it can be really disappointing, can feel a bit lonely. And Jesus is speaking from experience in this. Just as we celebrated two weeks ago at Easter, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays to the Father for the cup of suffering to be taken from him. And he's met with Simon's silence. How I picture this parable in my mind is, I see the widow and she's going into the judge's chambers and she on the door and she says a hi hi and she introduces herself and she tells the judge what she needs and the judge is like I really don't have time for this I don't really know who you are I don't know what you need I like can you just actually wait outside and I'll like get to you at some point just go sit outside and so the widow has to go and ask again and she has to and ask again and ask again until finally he opens the door and he says oh just like take it have it okay go for us and God, we go to God's office, bear with me on the metaphor, and we go to God's office and to the door and we, and God opens the door and he goes, oh, Wale, what do you need? And we present our request to God and he says, mm, why don't you just come and sit down with me? The unjust judge kept putting the widow off with no motivation to grant her request. But verse seven, Jesus asks rhetorically, will God keep putting us off? No, there might be waiting, but we wait not because of God's neglect, but because of God's will. The widow waited without hope 
God's not putting anything off. He's waiting for the right time. And so often I find that the answer to our prayers isn't just in the end point, but the answer to our prayers is all the stuff in between. There is so much more for us than just what we're asking for. And so Jesus leaves us with a challenge in this. Verse eight, it's the last verse of our passage. It says this, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on earth? 2,000 years plus, the church has been waiting for Jesus to return and come back. And we don't know when, but we know that he will. And that's what motivates us to pray and never give up because his return is where we get our hope. Maybe you're not feeling it. Maybe you're not feeling particularly hopeful today or maybe you're someone who's been praying and praying and waiting and waiting or perhaps you're just like, I don't really know where to start, how to pray and never give up. Well, Jesus gives us a framework, how to pray with hope and honesty. And you'll have heard it before. You might even have said it before and it starts like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we get to the best bit, my favorite bit, which says, your kingdom come. Praying your kingdom come proclaims that we live in both honesty and hope. Praying your kingdom come acknowledges that we are honest about the state of the world. We are honest about the state of our lives, battling our own sinfulness, but we are hopeful for what is to come. Praying your kingdom come is loaded with hope. And it's, it's not just wishful thinking or a flimsy, cheerful outlook, but praying your kingdom come is a powerful, persisting, give the devil a black eye declaration of hope. We see his kingdom come in this church. We see people healed. We see miracle births. We hear God speak. His kingdom is here and it's coming in all its fullness. So today, let's be people that are marked by this persistent hope. People that pray and that never give up. Why don't we ask for that? Why don't we stand together and we're gonna pray.